Oh yes, and the offering. How can the pastor forget about offering? I think I forget that so often. We shall take up our Sunday morning collection as we prepare to receive God's word. Listen, this is part of our worship unto the Lord. Uh, it's part of also supporting all the work that happens, and the heating is turned on today, just to throw that in. Thank you. My wife knows the heating's turned on, but my hands are still freezing. <laughs> We're a good match. Good. Well, good morning, everybody. It is really great to see you all. Um, this is such an honor, as always, to, to be able to stand up here and see your faces and share God's Word and bring some encouragement and hopefully have some fun at the same time. Uh, so youth, uh, you're up here this morning, and it's really great to, to be able to see you as well. And I am going to rope you in a little bit later on. You don't know this yet. Don't worry. Don't be worried. Don't be worried. I'm not, I'm not uh, bringing any anxiety onto you at all. So I am testing out a new system, Alad. I have got the app running. So if it all bombs, it's my fault. Okay. So I'm going to push the button. Okay, there we go. That wasn't me? Okay. I, I've got a 404 error. <laughs> All right, never mind, never mind. I'll close the app and, and, and we'll, we'll do it the old-fashioned way. Thanks, Larry. It's so great. I love Larry's laugh. He... He keeps me in stitches. So this morning, um, I am going to share something that has, has been burning for a while for me, and I think I may have touched on it in, in a previous message. Um, but it just, it's, it, it's something that is so exciting, and, you know, God is moving. God is doing something in this day. He's not, he's not the God of the, of the past, He's the God of today. He's the God of our future. He is the God of hope. And, you know, what Pastor Chris was saying earlier on this morning, just as he came up and, and said, you know, God is doing something new, and we need to keep our oil burning. And that is so true, guys. That is so true. As the church, we are the representation of God on the earth, right? We are His people. We are called to be His representation, His ambassadors on earth. So when we live our lives, we are living our lives as a reflection of Jesus. We are living our lives because we have been touched, changed, saved, and brought into the eternal kingdom. And we have an eternity to look forward to, but as Pastor Chris pointed out, in the here and now, in this short here and now, comparative to our eternity, we have an opportunity to reach others with the good news of Jesus. The Bible calls that good news the gospel, okay? The good news of Jesus is the gospel, 
And so when we share the good news that God so loved the world that he gave us his only son, that whoever believes in him, whoever believes in him, shall not die, but have everlasting life. That is the good news. That is the gospel summed up into one phrase. That is the good news. God is bringing us into his family when we are saved, when we give our lives to Jesus, when we acknowledge, actually, I'm faulty. I'm kind of like this app, and I need an engineer to fix me. And Jesus is that, that engineer. And I need repairing. My relationship with God the Father needs repairing, and Jesus repairs that relationship. And there are so many opportunities for us to share that good news. And there are so many people who need to hear that good news. Stop for a moment. Just take a moment to think. Who are the people around you that don't know the good news? And if you can't think of anyone, I believe that the enemy is putting a blinder on you. And we need to shake that off. Because there are so many people around us, whether it's your neighbor, whether it's your family, whether it's your friends, whether it's your colleagues at work, whether it's the teller at the bank or the, uh, the shop steward, there are so many people in your world, within your grasp, within your influence, within your reach that you can tell the good news to. Remind them, show them, explain to them, help them to see that Jesus died for them, that God loves them. They are the world, for God so loved the world. So, as we start this morning, it just, um, we were praying earlier, and Romans 12 popped into my mind, and that's not part of today's talk, but Romans 12 starts, for God, uh, uh, do not be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, and what happens when you get to know Jesus, he renews your mind, right? He renews the way in which you think. He puts new thoughts into your heart into your mind. He gives you new strategies. That's a cool thing. Strategies, ways to live your life. He gives you new tools in your toolkit. And then that verse carries on, and it says, so that you may test and approve what is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. Perfect will. His will is perfect. Guys, His will is perfect. Do you want to live a life where your life is in the perfect will of God, the creator of all things, the creator of the little bugs, 
right the way through to the creator of you and me, right the way through to the creator of all things in this universe, has a perfect will for you, for your life. What is that will? What is that will? Well, when Jesus, in a sense, was asked, what is the will of God? It was when disciples asked him, how do, you, how do we pray? How, Lord, shall we pray? And in Matthew chapter 6, so I think this is on one of the slides. Apologies if it's really small. In Matthew chapter 6, where Jesus is asked, how, how can we pray? What, what, how can we pray? What is the model that we should use when we pray? We don't know how to pray. And Jesus said, pray like this, our Father in heaven. Praise and hallowed, glorious be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth. So Jesus teaches us how to pray. And he says, I want you to pray that God my Father's will be done on earth. That his will unfold in your life. That's what that means. Your kingdom come, God. We want your kingdom on earth. And we want your will on earth as it is in heaven. Your good, perfect, and pleasing will. That's amazing. That's amazing. We want God's good, pleasing, and perfect will to be done on earth. In your life. In your life. In your life. And then... When, when Jesus is about to ascend to heaven, right? So he's finished his ministry on earth. And in Matthew 28, if we can jump to that slide, please. In Matthew 28, he gives us what we know today as the Great Commission, right? And again, explains God's will. He tells us God's will, and he says, all authority, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples. Go and tell people the good news. Go and make disciples disciples of all nations, all nations. That means that God didn't just die for one nation. You know, when, when, when Jesus died on that cross, he did not just die for the Jewish people. Even though they were God's chosen people, he died for all of mankind and all of mankind to come that we would have life 
and life in abundance. And that scripture says, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And surely I am with you forever. <laughs> Which means that right now, right here, today, He is with us. By His Holy Spirit, He is with us. By His Holy Spirit, He is here, empowering us to carry out God's good, pleasing, and perfect will. Yes? To make disciples of all nations, to share boldly the good news of Jesus. I have gone so horribly off kilter, because, Crystal, this wasn't any of my slides. Honestly, I'm, I'm so sorry. We'll, we'll have to jump back, I think, but... Today's message, I, I mean, I, I've, I've been, uh, entitled The Seven Mountains. So I want to jump back and talk about some of the mountains in Scripture. <laughs> so mountains are quite important in Scripture. There are some really, really important mountains mentioned in the Bible, Old Testament and New Testament. So if we jump to that slide and and have a look, some of the mountains that we see in, in the, the Old Testament. So we have a mountain called Mount Ararat. And I did a little bit of digging, and I hope Google wasn't lying to me. But apparently, Mount Ararat is one of the highest mountains in the Middle East, in, in, in the Israel area, right? And so, Mount Ararat is the mountain where supposedly Noah's Ark landed after the flood, right? So, something important happened there, a promise. A promise was made. God made a promise never again to destroy the world through a flood. He made a promise there to Noah to his descendants, I will never again destroy the people of the earth through a flood. And he made a promise that leads to Jesus. Another mountain, Abraham and Isaac, and a really important message, a really important uh, biblical concept, principle, that we see in the story of Abraham and Isaac, where Abraham is, is commanded by God to take Isaac, his only son, the son of the promise, the son of, of future, and to sacrifice him to the Lord. And, and that was completely contrary to the promise that God had given Abraham, that he would give him as many descendants as there were stars in the sky. But Abraham obeyed, and there's the principle of obedience. But there's also a further story that goes on that God actually saw the obedience, and before Abraham 
sacrifices his son, God stops him and provides a sacrifice. But because of Abraham's obedience on Mount Moriah, another mountain, we see this principle of obedience being rewarded. Another, another mountain, Moses and the Ten Commandments on Mount Sinai. Another critical moment in our history where we receive from God's heart, these are some of the commandments that will make the world better. I put these commandments, these rules, these laws into place for your good. And this was another mountain where God is speaking to us and he's giving us promise and he's giving us opportunity to grow. Another mountain, Elijah. Oh, I love this one. Elijah battles the prophets of Baal, challenges them to unthinkable spiritual battle, basically, manifest in reality. And God shows up and completely overwhelms every other attempt of these false prophets. And again, we see God, the supernatural one, the one full of majesty and splendor and power, giving us promise and hope. And then into the New Testament, I've already talked about Jesus at the, uh, the Mount of Olives, right? Where he ascended. Another promise that God gives us on a mountain. Another supernatural, empowering record of what he is able to do. He is able to to do miraculous things like transform, transfigure, is that the word transfigure Jesus? Trans, whatever, ascend Jesus into heaven. Miraculous power. And then the other mountain that is talked about in the New Testament is Mount Zion, the eternal home, the promise for you and me that this is where we will build our future, our eternity with God. This is where we will live for all eternity, the hope of eternity. Jesus, the King on the throne. Hallelujah, guys. This is good. We see these mountains now being mentioned, at, and they are significant because there are promises linked to these mountains, right? So, how is this all linked in to what I'm talking about today? Well, in the 1970s, the Lord began to speak to his church. And there were these, basically, there were these four guys who had various ministries. And the Lord began to speak to them independently of one another about influencing society with the good news, bringing strategy into the kingdom message, saying, you know my Bible, 
My Bible's been around for a long time. But here I'm giving you a strategy to put some action behind my word, right? And so there were these guys, one was uh, Bill Hammond, uh, he was the leader of Christian International Ministries, another guy was Bill Bright, he was the founder of Campus Crusades, another was Lauren Cunningham, he was the founder of YWAM, another was Francis Schaeffer, a uh, great theologian and author, wrote a lot of books on, on worldviews. And God began to give these guys strategies, unbeknownst to each other, about these seven core areas of life, where we, the church, have an opportunity to influence, a strategy, so to speak, where we can use God's Word to transform society. Because remember, what did Jesus teach His disciples to pray? Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That means that it is God's will that earth be impacted by heaven. I don't know if you've thought about it in those terms, but that is what God taught us to pray. He said, Jesus, tell them that I want my kingdom to come on earth. Not a physical kingdom, not a, a, a domain, not an area that is subject to geography, but to pervade the thinking and the lifestyles of all nations on earth. That is what God's kingdom has come to bring hope to. All kingdoms on earth. The Bible says every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And it's our responsibility, our privilege, through God's strategies, to impact the nations and to make disciples. And so these guys, as I say, completely separate, began to formulate these ideas, distill these ideas that Holy Spirit was speaking to them, and they began to share with one another, and to their surprise, they were like, whoa, but God, God was speaking that same strategy to me. Oh, wow, God gave me those same words. And they came up with this concept, this strategy called the seven mountains, so if we jump to that slide, please. They came to these seven mountains. And on the seven mountains, these, these seven areas, these seven principles, I think it's the last slide. These seven principles of areas in which we, the church, have an opportunity to impact to bring influence, and this is where it gets exciting. Those five, th those seven areas, the areas of religion, faith, belief, what do you believe in? The fundamental of our lives, because what you believe in impacts how you live. 
What you believe in dictates how you behave. And so the first mountain that God has called us as Christians to invade is the area of the mind, the religions. To speak into the areas of faith, to speak into the areas of belief, to speak into the areas of worldview and say, here is the truth. The truth is, God created all things. Jesus died for our sins. He is the Son of God. You transform society by transforming how people think. And people think by what they believe. So first mountain there, we talk about religion. Note it's not the church. The mountain is not the church. The church is all of those things because we are the church. You, me, we are the church. We get to enact those seven mountains. We get to invade those seven mountains as the church. So the church is not one of the mountains. The church is the foundation built on Jesus, the cornerstone. And we get to impact those areas of life. So, number one, change how people think. Number two, the family. Guys, the family is under attack. God's concept, God's design, God's intention for family is well under attack. How's that for Welsh? Right? God's idea, God's intention, God's purpose, God's design, God's passion for family is under attack. Why? Because it underpins everything that we do. The family is the core unit that God designed right in the beginning in Genesis. God created man, God created women, and he said, go and multiply. Family established right there at the beginning in God's purpose. And so right from the beginning, what has the devil been doing? He's been trying to pervert that, change that, intercept God's plan, deviate God's plan. The family is under attack, and we, the church, need to be vocal in standing for God's truth on family, family principles, family values, family love, core foundations. So what can you, the saints of God, the church, what can you do to strengthen family? Well, we heard this week from Christian Concern, and I love the passage uh, that, Steve, thank you. Steve, thank you so much, brother, for that word. Um, he shared from Deuteronomy chapter 6, and I, I don't have it. I, I, I should have. Okay, give me a second. I'll open my digital Bible and hope that this app doesn't crash. Uh, yeah, he says here, 
Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God. The Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and mind and with all your soul and with all your strength, your entire being. These words which I am commanding you today shall be written on your heart and mind. You shall teach them diligently to your children, impressing God's precepts on their minds and penetrating their hearts with his truth. And you shall speak of them when you sit in your house, and when you walk on the road, and when you lay down, and when you get up, do you get the picture? You shall remember God's words in all things, all the time. So I was reading from the Amplified Version there, which is why it just kept going on. You shall teach them to your children, and you shall speak of them when you sit down, when you get up, when you walk, when you lay down. No matter what you're doing, you shall speak of God's truths. Guys, if you have a family, you should be speaking about the love of Jesus in your family, with your parents, with your children, with your siblings, with your cousins, with your grandparents, with your aunties, with your uncles, when you're standing, when you're sitting, when you're cooking, when you're eating, when you're barbecuing or brying like a good South African, you should be speaking God's truth. Because in your family, you have an opportunity to influence. Okay, next mountain, government. Education. Okay, thank you. Education. Education is such a key area, guys, because our children from young ages are being influenced by a world's thinking, a worldview that is not scriptural, that is not biblical, that is not of God's heart. And we need to impact the area of education as the church. So if you're a teacher, God bless you and empower you by the grace of His Holy Spirit to influence the children in your classes. If you are a school governor, God bless you. May you influence the leading of your schools. If you are a parent, God bless you because you have an opportunity to influence the schools through the curriculum and the policies of your schools. Do not let the enemy lie to you and say that you do not have an opportunity to influence. You have opportunities to influence. Education is so important because what you learn, you grow up with and you enact. And what you enact becomes the reality for the people around you. So if you are going to learn to be a doctor, if you are going to be, learn to be a teacher, if you are going to learn to be a banker, if you are going to learn to be whatever, those areas need to be impacted by the Holy Spirit and transformed to bring the kingdom of God. Government, we absolutely need to be involved through your vote, through understanding the policies, or if you are 
going to be a politician. God bless you. Be a godly politician. Establish godly principles. Speak truth with boldness. Media. Guys, the news. Uh uh. It makes me actually physically nauseous sometimes. The lies that are spouted on the news. We need to have wisdom, guys. We need to have discernment. What is actually true? Because what is reported half the time is not actually the truth. It's somebody's interpretation of the truth. And we need to be on our guard. Plus, we need you guys. Where's Lexi? We need people like Lexi. She's not here right now. We need people like Lexi, one of our teens, to write well. To use her gift to bring truth into places like the media and into places like the arts and entertainment. Oh, there's Lexi. I'm sorry, I didn't see you. We need, we need individuals like Chris, another one of our teens. Chris, I think you're probably at Rehoboth who's excited about developing computer games. So I, we, we did this subject at youth a couple of months ago, and I got the kids to, sorry, the, the teens, to write some of their mountains that they're going to invade for Jesus. In arts and entertainment, I'm going to sing and dance God's word. In education, I'm going to influence my teachers. In family, I'm going to talk about it to people who have families so that in their families they can talk about it. That's Jesus. Talking about Jesus more through my family. I'm going to create a Christian game for viewers to play. My cousins listen to me, and I can influence them for Jesus. Imagination is so important. It's more important than knowledge, and I'm going to influence the area of imagination. I'm going to tell my family about Jesus. I'm going to build a business and explain to everybody that my business success was because of Jesus. Business. See, the kids understand. They understand that when we have influence, we influence the nations through these areas. I can't read you these rest because it actually makes me cry. So as I wrap up, guys, irrespective of how young or how old you are, irrespective of your background, your culture, your nationality, your language, irrespective of how confident or how shy, irrespective of whether you're an introvert or an extrovert, irrespective of the color of your skin, 
irrespective of your history, if you know Jesus and he is your Lord and Savior, you have an opportunity to impact society and bring about God's kingdom on earth. How many times in your life have you prayed the Lord's Prayer? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed, glorious, majestic be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. How many times have you prayed that? There, are pow- there is power in your words. There is power in your words. And so I want to encourage you, when you pray that prayer, allow God's Holy Spirit to transform you. Romans 12, do not be conformed to the thinking, to the thoughts, to the ways of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you can test and approve what is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. Would you stand with me, please? The good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. I want to encourage you, challenge you, and pray with you today (laughs) that you would experience the empowering presence of the Holy Spirit in your life to influence your family, to influence education, to influence business, arts, media, government, these areas. Be influencers, friends. Use the gifts that God has given you.